Hello and welcome to another Tap Talks HR podcast. Today we're talking about productivity through our people with the Ministry of Justice. Joining me is Elaine Mahon, Deputy Director of Workforce Experience and People Insight, and Karen Nataro, People Insight Manager. Hi both, thanks for joining me. Hi. Hi Anthony. <laughs> welcome. So, so to, just to kick off the podcast today, why did you decide to start on a productivity project in the Ministry of Justice? So in the Ministry of Justice, like all public sector organisations, we have a real responsibility to hold the public purse. It's our bottom line, effectively, if you like. And we realise that with an organisation of over 78,000 people, our workforce is our biggest asset. And we understand a lot about our workforce. We understand where they are, what skills they've got, what they're doing. Um, We understand their employee experience. We've been able to deploy predictive analytics techniques to understand how they might respond in the future. But we actually don't currently understand how we can optimise that workforce. So for us, trying to understand productivity and assess the drivers of productivity really is about optimising the workforce's delivery and therefore the justice service that the society um, receives. Fantastic. Uh, Karen, is there anything you want to add there about why productivity? Yeah, so it also comes uh, as our response to the COVID pandemic. You know, we we really had to acknowledge that our ways of working were going to have to change. Um, And so, you know, there was a real opportunity through job design to increase autonomy. And so, yeah, looking at productivity seemed a really good starting point for this. And and that's really interesting, isn't it? Because when I do think of things like the Ministry of Justice, I'm thinking about um, no revenue, no profits and and that kind of thing. And so and productivity usually gets associated with with very much more transactional things. So so that thought about optimizing is is a great aspect. So um, so there's a lot out there on productivity. So so where did you decide to start? So as you say, Anthony, yeah, there's a lot of research out there and productivity is relatively hard to actually define. You know, traditionally, it's all about inputs versus outputs. Uh, but most work is not all about that now. You know, it's less about the process and more about the outcomes. So did lots of work looking at articles, uh, the CIPD website, and then came across the TAP Solutions Productivity White Paper. So, you know, reading, reflecting on the fact that it is written from the perspective of people, um, particularly people productivity, and the six key focus areas seem to be the closest to kind of answering our question of what would a chief people officer have to say about productivity? And that's interesting. And and I might mention uh, about uh, what's inside the, the tapped white paper in, in a moment. But I, I want to ask you a question, Karen, and you don't know this one's coming. So, um, But uh, when you were looking into productivity, how much did you find was out there? Uh, did you find that there was loads of stuff around the productivity that doesn't include results? Or did you find it was quite sparse? Uh, it, most of it was relating to inputs versus outputs. So a lot of the, the CIPD information, for example, was all about, you know, the kind of t- traditional in- industry standards way of measuring productivity. Um, some other things were relating to different sectors as well. So there was quite a lot of stuff looking at sort of public sector, uh, but public sector more relating to um, healthcare workers or, or social workers. So it, it was really quite a niche um, area, really. 
And and I think that uh, the reason. Oh, sorry, go for it, Elaine. I was just yeah, I was just go, just going to add to that as well. So the, it is a, it is a niche area, and it is inputs outputs. But I do think that more and more, some organisations are saying that there's at least a need to look at it differently. Maybe their concepts, the theories, the the indicators or the measurements are not out there yet. But certainly a lot of organizations, um, a lot of the big consultancies as well are, are stating that, you know, leadership and management practices uh, are key to unlocking the productivity puzzle, the individual impact, you know, well-being, engagement, interaction with the workplace environment are all factors that are more and more important to, to look at. So there, are, I think the rhetoric is starting to show that actually these transformational ways of understanding productivity um, are really key. And I, th- I think that's really interesting, actually. And, and I know part of your, your role is actually people insights and everything. And, and as, why do you think it's now? Why do you think it's now that, that these, org- these consultancies and everything are starting to say we, we need to look at these kind of factors that, that build on productivity rather than the, the transactional outputs? I think they're probably realizing the benefits much like us. So in terms of, you know, optimizing workforce delivery, that really is, it does give you the opportunity to be able to boost efficiency, to improve uh, performance, improve employee morale, um, better planning, better strategic planning and how you deliver. And then, and and that knocks on then to, to, you know, achieve better business outcomes. So higher quality business delivery, reduced expenditure if you're kind of public sector or ROI if you're, if you're not and competitive advantage as well. So, you know, trying to um, have the right um, policies, processes, cultures, practices in place that means we can attract and retain top talent. And I think all of those combined are probably the key um, the key reasons, I suppose, why organisations are looking at productivity with more of a transformational lens than your typical um, inputs-outputs kind of transactional approach. Yeah, because I think that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think over the last decade or two, there's been a shift towards very much an employer's market to an employee's market. And actually that that thought about the the value proposition, the culture within inside the organization, what people on Glassdoor are saying about us and everything, they're becoming the more important, I think, at the top of organizations because they're starting to see that that makes or breaks through the people. And as you said, you had you got, what, 78,000 people kind of thing so um so yeah so just mentioning um i mean the the, the tapped productivity challenge report for anyone out there who hasn't come across it um we we focused very much like you guys were saying and karen thanks for your comments around it was a bit sparse out there outside of the transactional stuff because that's what we found and people were asking us about um the productivity um aspect of the workforce and how do you measure it how do you go about it so we did some research and we talked to some really interesting stakeholders in this space uh, and we kind of came up with the six areas that i know you guys have taken and worked on and and they're around those what i would class as as lead areas rather than lag areas um i always use the analogy of um if you're trying to lose weight if you just weigh yourself at the end of the week using a lag indicator that's great but actually if you measure the calories going into your body as a lead indicator you're bound to lose weight in the end because because it's inputs it's not so much inputs outputs but it's actually the factors that influence the outputs kind of thing. So what we looked at, what were those factors? And we came up with an area around people's personal growth, around their own skills development and, and their own career path. We looked at the sense of belonging and, and having an inclusive culture. 
Uh, we looked at clarity, and by that we mean how leaders and leadership translates the, the narrative to employees. Then there was an area about how much the business was ready to adapt and evolve with change, with productivity. Um, it's endless change. So the, the organizations that had the mindset to evolve were usually better in long-term productivity. Um, and then the last couple were around focusing on results and looking at the actual performance, which is sometimes what we think of productivity. And that area of competitive advantage, as you, as you mentioned, Elaine, there, that, that, that strategic look at productivity. So without me trying to turn it into some kind of advertising campaign for TAP Solutions here, um, how did you guys take the, the report, the white paper we did on the productivity challenge? And did you change anything to make it a, a, applicable to the Ministry of Justice? Yeah, so we thought that the six levels were a really good kind of starting place, but was it still wasn't quite right for us. Uh, and so we looked at sort of, you know, focus on results, for example. Yeah, results are important, but actually it's the, what outcomes do you want from, from, from that particular piece of work more than, than just the overall results. So, you know, we're, we're changing, we've changed focus on results to focus on outcomes. Uh, and also for us, uh, mindset and clarity wasn't quite right. So mindset was more... When, when we read the, the paper through, it was more about having, having what is our kind of readiness for change as an organisation. Um, and then like, likewise for clarity, being more about sort of what information comes from, from the, the leadership at the top of the organisation. So the six broad areas worked, but there was actually language there and actually a slight approach difference for you guys. That's, that's, that's interesting. And um, so... That's great. And, and you, you had the raw materials to start with and everything. So what did you do to, to go about influencing um, and engaging the Ministry of Justice organisation? Well, I mean, first, I think, um, I mean, we might circle back to this in a second for Karen to kind of give a little bit more detail. But but first, we needed to um, take the theory and the concept and build out something that would allow us to start to collect data on this. So we needed to build out sub indicators um, before, I suppose, we even got to that point of of influencing um, of influencing and engaging. And then we, we had quite a. a a number we had you know a broad range of stakeholders that we took through um, a set of questions and through different focus groups to try to gather their views on its on its utility. Um, we um, we targeted across a range of different people, so a series of focus groups. We it presented the approach and it presented the sub indicators, which are um, are worth us hearing a bit more on, um, and generated a discussion around three main questions. One was about you know. Does this group agree that this maturity indicator covers the right areas? And of course, we're calling it a maturity indicator as it isn't technically a measure. Um, but 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 regardless, you know, did it cover the right areas? Um, and should it be different if we're working in a different business area? So, you know, if, if it's a service versus transaction type business area, actually, does this still work? Does this allow users to see um, how culturally um, we'll be able to elevate and, 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 you know, create the conditions that are needed for productivity? We also asked you know, to what extent did the groups think that it was going to be usable in, a, in, in varied business areas, but particularly at what level? So where the sub-indicators were designed out to have rating scales and allowed us to understand the now versus our aspiration for the future, is that good at an individual level? Does that encourage personal action? Was it, um, would it be right to pitch it at team level to drive 
kind of team action and or would it be right to pitch it at the organizational level that really drove strategic approaches and decisions when it came to creating conditions for um, high productivity and we also asked about you know could this support the work of the area so depending on the group that was engaging with us and by understanding um, the workforce's optimization in this way, would that then support improved delivery in that business area? So the first, the first group we talked to was, um, was our engagement circle, which is a range of grades and people <clears throat> right across the organization who, who generally are pretty excited by this stuff. So they're generally ex excited by the idea of engaging and optimizing the workforce. They're not necessarily from a HR or people background or discipline, actually, but they do vary right across our, our business areas. Um, we then also took it to another broad group of people who uh, were feeding into a program of work we had underway around um, reimagining our future, um, different ways of working, trying to understand what the what the new normal, I suppose, would be um, for us in the MOJ. And, you know, group of people really who are up for making change and driving improvement in how we work and how our workforce delivers as well. We spent some time with some senior stakeholders as well. So this was um, a couple of groups within the HR senior leadership teams um, and also tested it at the director level, um, those who were steering that futures work that I've, that I've mentioned. So we really wanted to make sure that we tested the viability of this approach right across business areas, perspectives, grades, levels of influence and get a view as to whether, you know, it was the right thing for us to try in, in the ministry. And I love that because actually it, there's no assumption in anything you've done there that actually what you've got is the right thing right from the start. Not only is it like, is what we've got right, but actually will it help? I love that. The, 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 will this support you kind of thing? Actually, is it worth it in, in the kind of aspect of it? So, what I mean, Karen, do you want to add anything there? But I'm really intrigued to know what, what you guys learned through that process. Yeah, so I think it's probably helpful to add in how we kind of got to that stage. Um, so, obviously, you know, we looked at the paper uh, and we identified what good sort of look like in each of the areas. So, you know, Anthony, you mentioned about personal growth. So, you know, personal growth is that learning should be continuous and organic. Um, thinking about the belonging, you know, the belonging is that we have a, a diversity of thought and not just restricted to um, thinking about and helping people of particular protected characteristics. We then set about creating some other sub-level indicators. So, you know, we've identified good uh, and we needed to create, you know, other behavioural descriptors that are kind of a low and a medium medium to actually create the, the, the maturity model where people answer a set of statements thinking about where they are now um, and then what is their ambition i.e you know where do they want to kind of get to uh, and once we created that base we then created a low fidelity tool in excel uh, which creates two levels of a radar chart one is quite high level just looking at the six focus areas and then a more detailed one which includes the um, sub indicators within each area which shows the now versus the ambition so that's actually quite interesting. So, so your your focus groups, etc., got to see something quite substantial there. And um, I, I love the fact that you've made it quite individual for you guys. So, but I'm really going back to, I suppose, my previous question. And and what what was it you learned? Because everyone always says that when you roll out a project in HR, you should have a focus group. You should have this. You should have that. Everything. But actually, what did it change in your thinking? Um, so 
Um, well, first of all, from all of those focus groups that I've mentioned and all of those uh, stakeholder groups that we engaged with and educated, I must say, because there was a lot of education around the differences between how you measure and then how you act upon and kind of, you know, uh, sh you know, shift towards higher levels of productivity. But from all of those initial groups, it was all extremely positive. The feedback was all about how it would be completely applicable. They liked the uh, transformative approach um, to uh, understanding what drives productivity. There was general agreement, I suppose, that it's not a measure. We worked hard to explain it's not a measure, but rather it's a tool to understand the conditions that drive productivity um, and, and therefore taking a, an approach that was transformative rather than the standard, which we've mentioned a couple of times. Um, we then, however, so, so that was all of the engaging, the educating, the influencing, uh, was resoundingly positive feedback. But our next step was to actually try to implement this. And it's at that point we learned. Um, and at that point, I think, is really pivotal. So we tested it with six more groups of people who were actually going to implement it, not just folk who were having, you know, a chance to contribute to its design or a chance to comment on whether it would or wouldn't work, but groups of people who were actually going to implement it. I've mentioned the futures work that we have as an organization. Um, and there are six areas uh, who are experimenting with different ways of working, different working practices, um, um, different using different um, technological tools, trying to develop out different collaborative ways of working and using space differently, but all very experimental. And one of the things we truly wanted to test with these experiments to know what our future should be is, what's the impact on productivity? So it's these particular groups that engaged with us. Um, and when, whilst the feedback, as I mentioned, had been so positive up to that point, when it came to actually trying to use the tool that we'd created as a prototype in Excel, we found that the level wasn't tailored enough for the, the level we were trying to implement it at. And our feedback had suggested that actually individual level, team level, organizational level, it would be okay. But it wasn't. So we, were, we, 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 we found ourselves in a position where we were trying to use a high level strategic tool to understand team level drivers of productivity, a team being anything from kind of 50 to 100 employees. And so it was a really important step for us because it demonstrated that there was buy in for the tool and the need to understand strategically what drives productivity. But collecting data needed to be far more individual slash team level based and not organizational. And they couldn't see how the organizational level um, applied, I suppose, in, when you're looking at the team, at that team level. So we re-looked at our approach and we decided that actually what would be really beneficial is to not just have one or the other, but to have both. So that we attack, attack this really from a bottom-up approach and a top-down approach. A, a, a top-down one where we really have leaders strategically guiding and leveraging the uh, you know what they could from the top but also where we had responsibility accountability um, from the bottom up in every individual and in every team to drive their own productivity as well 
And I think that's super interesting. Uh, I was reflecting in my head actually of a separate piece of work that we're currently doing on inclusion at Tapped, and and we've just discovered the exact same thing when looking at inclusion. There's a kind of a a tool that you can use for the the influencers and the stakeholders and the decision makers at the top of an organisation, and a language you can use. But actually, if you want to get great feedback and understand what it feels like to be an average employee within that organisation, it's a different set of questions you ask that are related but they have to be separate because you, you can't be asking general employees about strategic policy direction uh, and everything because it doesn't it doesn't land it, it's, it's not it's, it's not going to click with them kind of thing so that's and it doesn't drive change on the on the on the back of it you know it doesn't actually mm. add any momentum to our journey to optimize the workforce um so yeah absolutely spot on and, and we and that's what we i think that was probably one of our biggest um pieces of learning to date Okay, uh, that, that's super interesting. And and Karen, uh, where is this going? Where is this going? What what's next? It sounds like you you've you've got some great insight from your stakeholders. You've made some changes and everything. But what's next in the productivity journey of Ministry of Justice? So as Elaine's mentioned, we obviously had to build a, a team level version, which we have actually now built, uh, and that's about to start um, field testing um, across the pilot groups, but that's using a, a slightly different model. So we're kind of looking at, at things that relate to people's productivity, and if you can optimise each of them, then it, it, it will give it, people will be able to perform at their best. And that sort of looks at the environment. So, you know, the support from teams, not just the physical working environment for people, the energy that people have for the task in hand you know do they spend time procrastinating over completing a particular piece of work that they don't really want to do I'm known for that um, and also the emotions so how emotionally connected are they to it do they understand the the purpose of the piece of work that, that they're doing and how it relates to the organization reaching it, its objectives overall and to create that one uh, we've used questions that our people are actually used to seeing uh, which are actually based from our, our annual survey and this will you know enable us to track changes on productivity at a team level over over different times and this is actually accompanied by a, a compendium of productivity which will give people hints on how they can increase their own productivity so things like you know Eisenhower's box you know how can you uh, look at your tasks either on a daily or a weekly basis um, in terms of, you know, what is it that I have to do? What is it that I, I have to do, but I can do later? What is it that I can possibly delegate or what is it that I can possibly eliminate? Uh, and also one of my favourites is uh, biological prime time, which is about understanding and tracking your energy levels over the day for sort of about three, four weeks, and then working out, you know, when are you actually at your most productive? And I've, I've, I've conducted this experiment, and I'm sort of at my most productive first thing in the morning and three o'clock in the afternoon. So I've started blocking out through those times in my diary to when I want to work on a, you know, a piece of work that, that's going to give me my highest impact in terms of, you know, my environment, my energy, and my emotion. And um, we're also we're going to be looking at how we can link the, the, the two models together so you know as we said we've got an organizational one and we've got the team level one so is it how, how can we link those together you know so we're looking at what levers a leader can pull to actually increase productivity uh, we're going to conduct some user research on the application in the organization uh, we're going to robust robustly test the question set and then eventually we're going to evaluate um, how everything has kind of landed 
says a lot a lot of a roadmap uh, to come up moving forward i love your idea of a compendium of productivity i think that's one that's a good idea and two is a fantastic title um and eisenhower's box i, I, I most people probably know that as urgent and important if, if i uh, remember it right i love your bio, biological uh kind of clock and everything and the fact um that your your personal one is first thing in the morning at 3 p.m in the afternoon and i have to say you're doing very well considering it's 12 30 in the day and we're doing this podcast um so but that's great so you've got lots to do and you've already learned so much um through the start of this process what do you think are maybe some of the challenges you might encounter in the coming months as you try and roll out this concept of measuring well not measuring indicators on productivity i think if anything we've learned on so far if, if that's anything to go by i think it will be this idea of kind of a tr transactional widget measurement, input, output um, approach to productivity um, and how that is really important. And we need to find a way to join what we're doing to that and to, to business outcomes and financial outcomes for sure. But I think one of our business, uh, our, our biggest challenges might be around moving people from just that to a place where they're truly understanding that um, to elevate the delivery from our employees and elevate you know, their productivity, um, it really is the more softer side of work that we truly need to understand and, and drive. It's the culture, it's the leadership, it's the, um, you know, the feeling of uh, belonging uh, and all of that releasing discretionary efforts, et cetera. You know, it's those types of constructs, which typically are not as easily measured, that truly will allow us as an organization to, um, to really excel in our service delivery. And I think that one of the biggest challenges will be helping people move away from, but what's the cost per hour? to, okay, so this is the activity that I need to take to drive up clarity on purpose or remove away a silo or increase collaborative working. So it really, I think, I think the challenge for us will be, you know, showing that the transactional input output stuff is absolutely the measure, but the actionable insight will come from this approach we're taking at looking at the maturity of our productivity between where we are now and in the future. Yeah, I think, and I think that's really interesting, isn't it? And I think that the business has suffered in the last 40, 50 years through the ability to measure itself absolutely well on its outputs kind of thing. And I think back to, think back to Victorian times and the Cadbury family building Bourneville and realising that putting people in great homes and making the family as a whole in a very positive light and make, get people to enjoy work actually meant you got a more productive workforce. And here we are 150 years later saying we've got this great thing that we need to go and educate and the business and, and help them understand that productivity isn't just about the output numbers, it's about the inputs and, and about how people feel when they come to work, how they motivate. You mentioned drive, and I think of Daniel Pink and his autonomy, mastery, and purpose, and, and instilling that into people. So that's that's a that's a great stuff. And Karen, I mean, we're getting to the end of the podcast now. Is is there anything that you think that you want to add? 
Um, so I think I, I, I think another one of the kind of challenges is going to be around, you know, not one size fit in all. Um, and we, we, we and that's why we're, we're so keen to really robustly test this with our organisation, because our organisation is so diverse and so different um, that we, we need to make sure that it's going to be something that's going to work for everybody and that they get the insight that they actually need from it. Fantastic. And, and I think that's a, it's a great project what you guys are doing. And I, I know that you, we've had a conversation that you might come back to Tap Talk to HR and do another podcast and let us know how this has all gone in the future. So that's the tantalizing thing to leave our listeners with. But I'm going to ask uh, one last question. Um, and either of you can answer or both of you can answer. Um, where you are now and what you've done so far, if you came across another professional in your space in a different organization, just about to start on a project into productivity, what's the one thing, one piece of advice you would give them now after what you've done so far? Oh, Great question. So I think for me, I would say be really clear of what on what it is you want to achieve with it at, from the outset and what your use cases will be. So be really, really clear on what your problem statement is and your use cases. Because I think we probably could have done, well, I mean, hindsight's fabulous, isn't it? <laughs> we always look back in high, with hindsight and have the best ideas. But, you know, I think if we were to approach this again, we may have done more with the users um at the at the very beginning and a little bit more about de de you know defining out what the problem statement was um so i think that would be my piece of advice for somebody getting started is to be really really clear on what your problem statement is and what the use cases will be i think i'd i'd, I'd agree with that and i'd take it a, a little bit further and say really know what your employees experience is so that you you, you can build it and make it right um, I mean, we've we've gone through 10 iterations of the organisational version and we're still not quite there yet. Um, and I think, you know, Elaine's right. If we'd have spent a bit more time talking to the organisation first, going to them with a bit more of a blank sheet of paper, what is it that you need? Uh, we might not be on version 10. But yeah, so yeah, I understand your 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 people's experience for me would be the the, the key point. Thanks, of course, all of that is, is, is in an ideal world, isn't it, where you don't have <laughs> a pandemic looming over and a desperate need to understand this stuff. So, uh, exactly. yeah, we, in ideal conditions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, going if I had hindsight, I would invest all my money into home office furniture companies about 18 months ago, I think, would be where I'd but I think I think that's right. And I think we've got to remember that actually doing stuff like this on productivity and actually looking beyond the obvious is actually still pretty trailblazing. In, in this world at the moment so you can argue you're on 10th in iteration there Karen but actually you, you could have been on the 20th so so there's different ways to look at it but it's been really interesting to see how you guys have taken just a, a concept uh, that we stuck in a white paper along with all the other research you've done if you actually turned it into something quite tangible and I'm really hoping that uh, in the future we can have a second podcast and see where you got to but um thanks for joining us today thank you elaine thank you karen thanks anthony thank you thank you um and that's it for now uh, you can download our productivity challenge and our other reports and white papers at tapsolutions.com uh, but we'll be back soon with another tap talks hr podcast but that's it bye for now <laughs>